Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show. As always, it is I, your... I, I'm sorry, Jesse, can I interrupt you, and then can we start again? In the silence, just realize that we have a ticking clock in the room, so I'm just going to go move it, and then we can start again. Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. I have something we can do. That works. No, we're leaving this in, baby. But you will miss, because it's a ticking clock that every hour makes a different train noise. I'm um, a big fan of Based the on the clock. train... That's like mm. at, painted on that hour. So you will miss at five o'clock the train choo choo. That's horrible. It's a good clock, actually. Okay. I feel, <laughs> no, no, no. I feel like it's a great clock. I uh, am of the belief that everyone uh, in every home there should be a prominent train clock. Uh, because it allows you to sort of like learn the, the history of this country and how we transported things. Uh, the train clock that I have has like these beautiful watercolor illustrations of each train. They all have different whistles and sounds, so it's sort of fun. Uh, and you know, like what's more punctual than a train? Famously, they run on time. Uh, so it's sort of marrying the idea of telling time and trains together just makes sense to me. Uh, and I think that this should be mandated by the government personally. You know, your your explanation is the most gay shit I've heard come out of your mouth. Did you say gay shit? You sort of yeah. cut out. Okay, well, it's Pride Week, so... Wait, month. <laughs> it's Pride Month. Hello, everyone. I hope you're ready to get gay as hell. Content and swear warning. Already done it. Jumping the gun. With me, Jesse, the Late Late Capitalism Show. And of course, my still at this point in the season three co-hosts. And I'm going to throw it over to two of them first. Yeah. So, folks, hello. It's Dean. Uh, and Megan. We and we're... Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I, we we said we were gonna leave last week, but yeah. we lied. No, we, uh, we we're leaving this. Week, yeah, we stayed so. on for another uh, June episode just so we could, you know, come on and do some queering of heterosexuality for our listeners. So you're welcome for that. That's right. Yeah, and and also with us today is. Oh, I haven't had been introduced in weeks. Um, my name is Chance. How's it going, everybody? I hope you're in for a, a wild uh, hoot nanny today. Because we've got some great stories about both pirates and cowboys. Oh, I like that. And the only bad gay person in Canada. I hate to say it, but it's true. <laughs> do you like my theming? I do, yeah. It's cute. I thought it was like, it's kind of like a, what was that show where they pit like ninjas? Ultimate and, Warrior. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like an Ultimate Warrior. Deadliest Warrior. Deadliest Thank Warrior. Part, pardon pardon me. Ultimate Warrior was, uh, I imagine, a racist wrestler. Uh, and homophobic. He once famously said that queering doesn't make the world work. So there's your pride tie-in. Uh, he's dead now. And actually, a uh, very quick tangent, he went on TV and cut like a heartfelt promo <laughs> the night before he died. And the entire promo, he's just like red-faced and panting. People are like, wow, he's so fired up. And I turned to my friend and I said, <laughs> oh, no. he's going to die. <laughs> and then sure <laughs> enough, uh, Jesse wins in the end. Fuck the Ultimate Warrior. One of the biggest pieces of shit in the history of an industry full of pieces of shit. Folks, I'm, cur I'm currently drinking a Amaru Mayu um, apple and Camu Camu juice uh, beverage. That is tell it's telling me now it is giving me five hundred and seventy percent of my daily recommended dose of vitamin C. Uh so All I heard was Mario Camel Camel. Yeah, that's basically what, what it is. Uh it, it it talks a lot about how like, oh, it's uh preserving uh indigenous ways of life by mm. selling the fruit that they uh pick, apparently. It's sort of unclear. But uh this might be my last recording ever. Uh, because I imagine I might I will develop vitamin C poisoning of some sort. Yeah, what the hell? Five hundred and seventy percent, mind you. Like I've been over my vitamin C intake by an absurd degree before, but never five hundred percent from a single item. Uh, yeah, no, it is uh, insane. 
It's uh, so that you can really dose up on vitamin C, of course, pee all of it out because you don't need that much. And then the fish will drink it and get really strong as well. So it's really a net positive. See, that's actually a, a myth. Vitamin C, you don't actually pee it out. It sort of it hardens into a little ball in your stomach, sort of like a gizzard. And I'm going to be using that to digest uh, rocks and pebbles and other things I find on our travels. Oh, okay, and cool. See, I've been retaining my urine so that when I got my COVID vaccine, which was today, uh, it would not give me any side effects. And so far it's worked because essentially I've replaced my blood with my urine, which we know is sterile. Yeah. So if you try and put <laughs> something impure, i.e. something not from nature, the COVID vaccine is not from nature. It's not like weed. It's not natural and healthy. Uh, if you mm-hmm. put that inside your body, the urine essentially attacks it. And then when they pulled the syringe out, they actually took a bunch of my urine out when they did it. It was a very interesting <laughs> medical experience. For the image. Yeah. Doing you piss didn't... play with the nurse at 2 p.m. Ew. on a Tuesday. Uh, her name, well, she was a doctor. She had a doctor uh, title, Dean. So okay. please well, do not all right. down, <laughs> downgrade a woman in front you of me. You had a doctor give you the vaccine? Why? Yeah, yeah it's because he's got piss blood. Because they were there. Okay. Uh, I, think, I, I think they saw my Instagram post where I looked incredibly jacked and unhinged, and they're like, we need to perform tests on this man as No nurse quickly can as hold this man down. No man <laughs> should ever be five perfect circles stacked on top of each other, but there he is. <laughs> we're curious about it. But I hope you guys are excited for Pride Month, where every single corporation will uh, steal the language of the liberation and pride colors. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. It's I'm fucking fired up for it. It's my favorite time of the year when Raytheon goes rainbow colored. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, all the banks start using rainbow oh, colored logos. Yes. Rainbow RBC. That's uh, with the app I use. That's what they were today. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's- <laughs> I literally always think of RBC first for pride rainbows. Yeah. They get really into it. Like every single RBC item is. And remember on Women's Day when they made it a girl lion instead yes. of a boy lion? <laughs> that was really cool. RBC yeah. is so much. Do you know that RBC? It's so bad for the environment. They, I was going to say, they receive the, they have the largest financial backing in like mining and resource extraction out of any Canadian bank. Yeah. And then they run a, a clean water campaign. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, is RBC. There- is there gays that love this? Uh, uh, well, I I imagine all of them do. The uh, Tumblr ones, yes. <laughs> but uh, I I have a proposition. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna square the circle here. I'm gonna solve two problems uh, with one perfect silver bullet. Here's what we do. Uh, what is everyone complaining about? Has been for the last two weeks. They've been complaining about corporations at Pride, and they've been complaining about kink at kink. Pride. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a whole thing. Uh, I'm the most qualified here to speak on this. Uh, so here's what we do. We allow corporations at Pride if they participate in kink. Oh. If CEOs, okay. if these banking executives are wearing leather daddy costumes, are, mm-hmm. you know, have ball gags in their mouths, are, you know, uh, doing exhibitionism and like sonking and fonking on the public mm-hmm. square. Same with all the cops. They have to yeah. be handcuffed. Yeah. The yeah. Whole well, time. they're doing it to the cops. I oh. want Conrad yeah, okay. Black uh, in a diaper. We need to see that there. He's yep. allowed. Uh, what are some other ones? I just want everything to be like um, the gimp suit scene in Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction. Yeah. Except that'd be nice. what comes out of the box is, uh, is RBC Bank. I want the RBC CEO to dress up like a furry RBC lion. Like, that's their fursona. Oh, okay. Uh, Little cat ears. Yeah. No, I want the... You know what? We're going to invite the IOC, specifically the people that do the blood dope testing, and we're going to have them do piss play because it's the Olympics this year as well. This is a perfect (laughs) cross-branding Thank you. uh, In in all reality, do we know who this is for? The what the pride kink discussion or the no no no, no I'm talking about queer washing probably yeah. allies like people it's, who it's call a themselves PR a queer ally. I don't well, even think I, it's for anyone. It's just PR. Is there a discourse around this that it's good? Not that I've seen from anyone who sincerely cares. Like some liberals think it's good, but that's about it. Like I feel like Hillary Clinton would like it. Oh yeah, like for sure. Like there's there's a large contingency of people who are uh well i don't think there's anyone really for this per se like no one's campaigning on behalf of rbc and their right to go to pride 
Uh, but I think like I most people are just completely indifferent. They're like, oh, whatever. You know, I I see these floats at every other parade. I feel like the the people that are excited are you know like when Target makes an ad and there's two dudes in the yeah. ad and then conservatives get mad and then everyone goes tee hee hee conservatives got mad like that's who it's for the the people yeah. that just like love Target mm-hmm. commercials who like to own conservatives yeah which you're never gonna beat them at your own game folks you're always gonna get owned by these you people they want that it so much sense. more it is definitely the people who want to own the cons um just in general like make people feel uncomfortable going to their bank because there's like a pride flag when in reality it makes gay people feel uncomfortable because they're like why the fuck is my bank putting up pride flags your fucking bank and and even like the the, you like rbc or like you know other banks like they're not doing this in like bumfuck nowhere ontario or like rural mississippi you know like this is only happening in like massive metropolitan areas where like you know pride and gay people are widely accepted uh and like when when the majority of people of majority of their clients and customers uh don't agree with that you're not going to see a a pride flag (laughs) flying uh over their building yeah which is the place you think would be the most important Mm -hmm. uh places to like kind of promote that yeah that's true it's i'm telling you there's it's not for anybody. Like Dean touched on it at the end. It's literally just pure PR. Like they don't think like, oh, by putting a rainbow flag in our kiosk, we can inspire some uh, young queer person to be an entrepreneur. It's like, oh no, if we <laughs> don't put a queer flag up in here, people are going to ask why, and we're going to get you know uh, smeared as being homophobic. Okay, they they might not convince someone to be an entrepreneur, but they may convince some random college student to work for RBC because they think they're woke. Yeah. Sure, that that could also help. Either way, at the end of the day, it comes back to benefiting the company and not benefiting literally oh, yeah. a single person. Yeah, I was so, going to say, I want to see the stats on that to see if, if people saw like a pride flag at a place and they were like, I want to work there. Like the only places that make sense to me that do that are like cafes mm-hmm. or like any kind of like service industry place because then you know that mm-hmm. they don't intolerate bigots, mm-hmm. right? Um like there's probably something saying like if someone's being like homophobic or queerphobic at this establishment, you can ask them to leave. Oh, that's the boss Allen video. <laughs> Please leave our store. See that, that is queer coded. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. Well, I just, I think, you know, uh, 10, 15 years, the next Patrick Bateman is going to be killing male prostitutes. Uh, and that's for me is progress. Yeah, they already happened. His name was Bruce MacArthur. Yeah, I was going to say that. He spent 17 years doing that in Toronto because the police were like, yeah, we don't care. The arguments around like cops at Pride is insane to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like people forgot why uh, the original Pride like <laughs> yeah. marches happen. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, they're celebrating, not celebrating, but rather remembering what happened at Stonewall. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know about Stonewall riots, I definitely recommend you look into it and the people that were involved. Um, but, you know, it was the police that were attacking gay people and then mm-hmm. the gay people had enough of it and started defending themselves. And it was like, you know, it, it turned into a huge riot. And then every year since then, we've remembered that through these mm-hmm. pride marches where you can be, you know, queer in public. So like, the idea that the police are offended that they're not allowed to be there is insane to me because they're even literally not the to reason. Be there, just like in uniform as part mm-hmm. of a police unit, like you can go if you're a cop by yourself. Like off duty. Like I understand yeah. if they argue like we're a part of the reason why this happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, like yeah, you were like for me, it's it's the commodification of pride, right? Like the the pride parade today is not a. Uh, not nearly a to the extent the political demonstration that Stonewall was, right? Like this is a, a massive business now, where it's like a, another like big pride, like a, a, another big parade and event in like the downtown cores of metropolitan areas that drive people in and like support a lot of business. So naturally, uh, there's a lot of incentive by corporations and by the government, including the police force to sanitize that history uh and uh, again remove kink at pride make it as accessible and family and consumer friendly as possible uh 
and at doing so sucking the soul in any like political meaning out of that event and turning it into the day we fly rainbow flags. I did see some responses though that were like, I don't know why all this argument is taking place as if it's like, I this was like a Tumblr post I'm fully stealing right now and I don't know who posted it, but it was like Pride is not even a ticketed event where you can control who shows up or who does what. Like they can't stop anyone from going. Like anyone can go there and do what they want. So like, why is there this much argument anyway? Like if someone wants to show up in leather, they will. The idea of a, a city putting on an official Pride event is insane to me. Um, if you're going to participate in Pride, I, I totally understand. But, like, maybe reach out to some of, like, the, the queer communities that aren't sponsored by the city and, and contact and, and make something that's, you know, not an obvious, like, monetary thing or, or big tourism thing. Because the like like Dean was saying, like the idea of commodifying it is it's insane because it's essentially what is a memorial mm-hmm. for what happened at Stonewall. And and Stonewall was a riot. It wasn't a city sanctioned like, yeah, let's it'd be like, um, I don't know, if Vancouver every year was like, We're gonna have a, a parade downtown where everyone wears sports jerseys to commemorate the riot after the Vancouver Canucks lost. You know what? I think I have an idea. We don't want to invite cops to Pride, but how about we invite the RCMP? Right? Huh? You know, sure, they've made their mistake. Mm. They did the fruit machine. But here's the thing. Uh, They're going to be there anyways. In fact, as we've learned from the past, a lot of times, either ex- or off-duty officers will just kind of go to public events and do what they want anyways. So uh, maybe we should invite them. We'll bridge the gap. No cops at Pride, but uh, the RCMP are there. That sounds great. That's wonderful. Cool. That's the in- inevitable end result of what's happening anyways. They're already in the crowd because they see any kind of event with any kind of leftist, even sympathies as dangerous. Yeah. So they're going to be just there like anyways. just like an amount of brown people. Just an amount of anything or anybody that does not conform to the dominant established culture. So they're going to be there anyways, off duty. If you see, it's tough with pride because there's so many like cool jacked guys hanging out. But, like, yeah. if you see one that is cool, that is jacked but not very cool, that's probably, like, a cop or an RCMP yeah. officer. If, if anyone is wearing Oakleys. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they have the pride. a, yeah, a, a baseball cap and, uh, like, dark jeans uh, and shoes. a black no, they're t-shirt. They're, uh, they're wearing <laughs> Oakleys and khakis at a pride event. You're, I and, love the homos. You're, I'm here to show support. I'm out here. I'm out here. You're, I can't wait to see all them <laughs> March. That's awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> you have to do a test with everyone <laughs> and um tell everybody to either um suck your dick or or your hoo-ha. Tell mm. people to suck your thingy and then look at their reaction and you'll be able to tell clearly who's the cop. Yeah, I'm just saying if a if a bald jack guy that isn't me comes up to you and says, Hey, isn't communism cool? Would you like to suck and fuck? Do not trust them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but if Jesse says that, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, please That's say right. yes if I do that to you. Do you think there will be the horse cop at Pride? Is that Was that a good segue? What The horse cop at Pride. Maybe, I don't know, the horse cop. Chance, did you have something to say about the horse cop? Oh my god. I said horse cop in public to my partner, and she turned around and looked at me, and she was like, what did you say? And I was like, horse cop. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I thought you said horse cock. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Well, I horse cop is the new orc cop for me. It's It's got a fantasy flair. <laughs> it's sort of like a paladin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, today we're talking about the lovely, infamous horse cop of Kingston. I was going to ask you guys first what you know about the horse okay. cop. Kicked a girl is, in a queen sweater one time. That is was it awesome. One like I've I see the same horse all the time with the same woman riding it. Is that the one horse cop, yes. or do we have multiple? No, that's her. Okay, so this gal loves horses. She always um, looks a little bit shy to be on the horse, <laughs> and then she goes up to you yeah. and 
is like, I'm on a horse. Like, do you want to pet the horse? And I've heard she also goes throughout suburban Kingston and just like walks down the suburban roads waiting for Mm -hmm. kids to come and like fawn over the horse. And that's like her whole job, I guess. I don't know what cop thing she's doing, but the horse also kicks dogs to death. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Has that happened, Dean? No, I'm just lying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Someone chance sent the uh, article about Horse Cop to the group chat. Because I, like, I vaguely knew of her presence just from living downtown for, you know, years and years and being at public events. But the, the name in the article of the Horse Cop, I, like, definitely either went to school with her I think the ages match up or their sister because they have a very distinct name and they look incredibly familiar. Mm -hmm. And if it's who I'm thinking of, I mean, you know how horse girls are. No offense to horse girls if you're listening, uh, but there's a lot going on there. And I cannot think (laughs) of a more frightening combination of person than a horse girl police officer. Yeah, that that is terrifying. Although, yeah, solidarity with horse girls. We did a whole episode for you about Heartland, so you're not allowed to get mad at us for that. And I think you'll be delighted to find out that we loved Heartland, but we also noted that there is something going on in that show as well. Yeah, (laughs) It's like... You've basically created the Terminator. The city of Kingston has a Terminator on staff now. Just this horsewoman uh, on a, a, a Terminator. That's right. Inst- <laughs> instead of uh, Miss Officer, it's Miss Horse Girl Boss Officer. She is a girl boss. She's the girl that bosses around a horse. A but she's a horse girl boss. Yeah, that's like also terrifying. Either way, it's. I think we can agree. A ticking time bomb waiting to explode. But what's the development been on the horse cop front chance? Yeah, sure. Uh, First, before I let you know of any recent news, though, I want to touch on something that Dean did bring up really quick, which is that this horse has kicked somebody in the face. Was it the Um, face? I thought it was like the shoulder. It was like sort of the back of the shoulder. It was awesome. I've seen that video many times. Like, my friend was in the video of that girl getting kicked. Technically, she was the one who recorded and posted it. So <laughs> That's I, so cool. I am very well aware of that. Uh, for the uninitiated, though, I want to say, like, 2018 or 2017, uh, there was a very infamous video from Queen's Homecoming of a drunk college student. She was actually from out of town who ran up to the horse on which horse cop rode and like slapped it on the rear and then the horse just like reared back and kicked this 100 pound woman in Sent the her arm flying knocked her over yeah she was it, pretty it got on the front page up. of reddit so it's pretty big deal yeah she like broke her arm i don't mean to age you jesse but that was actually 5 years ago well there you go oh my god are you serious <laughs> that was of october of 2016 right we're old that would make sense. And yeah, yeah that girl yeah. got pretty badly fucked up. In in total, there was three people that got accused, I guess you could say, because a lot of them got off. Um, but there was three people that were accused of harming a police officer <laughs> because uh, not only did like that viral video of the girl getting kicked, but there was also two other instances of people slapping the horse. If oh, you no. touch uh, the horse, you get accused of harming a police officer. That seems like a, a heavy it, charge for hitting t- a horse in the butt. If you touch Harm a police, to a police officer, animal, you get charged with harming a police officer, even if you just brush their shoulder. So at least it's consistent. I feel like you should get a higher charge for assaulting a police horse than a police officer. But they are they are more person than the police officer. Yes, I agree. Yeah, with that. definitely. Yeah, so it was an, an Algonquin student, yes. a Coburg resident, and then a female Queens student. Yes. Mm. Um, the infamous video, of course, is of the, the Queens student. And um, she just runs up and slaps the horse's ass and gets bucked. And it was really funny, and we all laughed really hard. But there's some interesting things about that instance. So the horse, named Murney was a new member to the Kingston Police Department team. Uh, It was like only a couple of months. And the person who was riding Murney that day, Officer Koopman, was more experienced, I guess you could say, like an experienced horse rider. But Murney was like fresh. And they decided, as the Kingston Police Department, to train the horse 
in an area during Queen's homecoming where there would be thousands of people on the street harassing the horse. That was a training day? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the horse smoked angel dust. Yeah, it was exactly like the movie training day, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, people saw that video and they were like, it's really dumb of the girl to have slapped the horse and get bucked, of course, because that's what happens when you smack a horse. However... Police horses aren't supposed to do anything. Hmm. The whole role of a police horse is to be a meat shield. Mm-hmm. So they the the whole purpose of a horse is to do literally nothing, even when injured. They're supposed to just stay where they are. There's a reason why they use horses during like massive riots and stuff like that, and that's because their horses have been trained to even if they get something like stabbed, they won't do anything. Wow, sad life for a horse. Yeah, yeah, like that's their whole role. So for some reason they thought during this, maybe they thought nobody would do anything to the horse, but they put out a horse that wasn't trained at all yeah. and we're like, okay, here you go. Walk around a bunch of drunk people all day. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. What do you uh, think is going to happen? It's a great way to make queen students look like assholes and you to look like an innocent hero though. 100%. And, and that's exactly what happened. Everyone just said the queen student was dumb, when in reality, the horse was supposed to do nothing at all. Yeah, the horse should not have been there <laughs> whatsoever. No, no, because the horse is supposed to be, you know, like I said, a meat shield and not move even when touched. Um, well, it passed the test, so, at least. That's how a cop would react normally, so yeah. good job. <laughs> yeah, he went berserker on it. He's like... He was like, I don't like the cut of your jib, so I'm just going to pop one out right now. That's right. That horse, um, when uh, he stopped working for the cops, he you know moved to a small town and one day went crazy and killed 22 horses in a stable. That's what ex-cops, <laughs> and that's what they like to do. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so the, co- the, the horse cop, Mernie, was seen as you know, came relatively unscathed throughout that, which was really funny. And then the girl was just like ripped apart. Yeah. And I I imagine it's fine now, but people, at least in this area, 100% still remember the kicking of the, Mm -hmm. the lady incident. So now that horse is still a part of the force. They didn't get a retirement or anything. Of course. So yeah, the, the, the horse is still a part of the force. Of course, and um, they actually are very expensive to keep. I'm not sure if you guys know the numbers, but it's about $75,000 a year. Oof. Goddamn, And this, the city was like, you guys aren't really doing anything with this horse cop other than riding around and getting your picture taken. So we can't necessarily afford this. Yeah, we can't find and it in our $43 million budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is funny. <laughs> so then the Kingston police were like, okay, well, we need to raise money for the horse then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. genius. Yeah. See, this is what- they're going to they're gonna buy the Oblivion horse armor DLC for it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to give it barding. <laughs> what were you going to say, Dean? Uh, I was going to say, like, this is what we're talking about when we say defund the police. Because, like, this government is so inefficiently run, it's ridiculous. What we need to do is, you know, take the horse money out of the police budget, then use the horse. That could be a supply of glue for City Hall for, like, a year. Yeah, or meat for a school lunch program. But also, like, they have the (laughs) hugest budget out of any city service, so they already take a ton of our money in tax dollars, and then they say, hello, citizens, can you also please give us more money? (laughs) For our vanity project? (laughs) Yeah, the the crowdfunding aspect of it is insane. Yeah. Um, What's more insane is that people have paid into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am am ashamed that people thought this was a good idea. They've already raised $30,000 to keep the horse. Oh, oh, halfway there, God. baby. Thin blue Let's line. Go. Horse. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, if you want to know what the horse does for Kingston, uh, every in every single description, it's literally just walk around downtown and get its picture taken yeah. and Shit little on the kids sh- look up to it and yeah. go, wow, that's a cool horse. Shit on the street uh, and, you know, block traffic. I'm I'm getting very concerned about traffic. This horse is turning me into a boomer. Uh, I'm concerned about how quickly I can get downtown. I care about the shit on the street. Uh, I want to turn it into glue, um, et cetera, et cetera. I would like to clarify that I respect horses, like, genuinely, because they are essentially just, like, 
100% muscle, and that's what I strive to attain. Yeah, probably but, one of the most Chad animals. But the, it's it's cruel and unusual to turn them into a cop. One, because that is the mo- most war- sorry morally repugnant thing you can do. And two, because as Chance has told us, they exist solely to serve as, quote, meat shields. Yeah, like, yeah. when you turn the most Chad animal into a cuck, that is a violation of laws of nature. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, so I have a description here. This is what they say it does, right? Sarah, Sarah is the rider. Mm-hmm. Sarah and Murney are much more than ambassadors for the Kingston police, as they also perform enforcement duties and are present in areas that require extra patrol. Mm. We are exploring an additional connection with the most vul- those most vulnerable in the downtown and integrated care hub for additional outreach and to build bridges and connections. Okay, so you're homeless in downtown Kingston, and they're saying that you're vulnerable, you need extra policing, so we're just going to like walk by you with a horse 40 <laughs> times. Like, I hope that helps. Have a nice yes. day. Possibly yeah, poop yeah. on an area that you would like to sit. Yeah, hope you don't get trampled on. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? How is the horse helping homeless people? This is oh. so dumb. I'm glad you asked, Megan, because they actually address that in the article, don't oh, they, Chance? Oh, okay, cool. Not just homeless people, but individuals experiencing emotional duress. Wait, oh, do it's they? like a calming presence or Did, something? That's literally what they said in the article, is that when they're dealing with members of the community that are in a state of mental duress, uh, the horse essentially allows the officer to connect more easily with them because, and this is not verbatim, but this is the general gist of it. They see the horse and it calms them down. They're like, do oh, they wow. Think people with addictions are like three years old. Like you're going to see a horse and be like, ooh, horse, I am chill now. Thank you. Like, also, like, okay. it sounds like the subplot of like a made for TV Christian movie. <laughs> yeah. Like if I see a horse and I'm in a state of like mental crisis, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, what freaked the fuck? out. It's a horse. Yeah. <laughs> That thing is 2,700 pounds and can kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to get really self-conscious about how big a schlong is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's one of, I remember reading that in the article and being like, that's awesome. This city is so yeah. stupid. There's, a, there's another article from 20, from May of 2020. So a whole year ago. Mm. And uh, it's posted on Global News. And what it says here is, um, There are lots of things the public likes, but just because the public likes something, does that mean the police should necessarily pay for it? Said the um, one of the members of the police board, who also made it clear uh, that they don't speak for the board, but they also voted to make it so that they started a crowdfunding event. Okay. For it, so Kingston. So they ran a. What they did was they ran a deficit of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So then they were going to cut the 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 horse cop oh my god okay. and now they're like we should start crowdfunding yeah, yeah soon soon they can do it for everything new yeah. guns new cruisers <laughs> uh body armor uh body yeah. armor for the horse guns yeah. for the horse a cruiser for the horse please donate the kingston uh police department uh desperately needs uh 15 gravity hammers yeah we need Lasers to LARP. mounted on the horse we need to larp red dead redemption too so please <laughs> yeah. provide us with more palominos and arabian mares yeah and then and then our favorite person in the world Brian Patterson mm. uh, spoke up and said, I'm pleased that we can now offer a way for the community to support the unit in ways that are convenient for donors. I just, <laughs> I just think it's absolutely insane that a police unit is trying to fundraise anything. Yeah. Why not? Like they, like we were saying before, like their budget is so massive. Yeah, but this that- is a win-win for them. Now they get to keep their budget and it's like, oh, we're not increasing police funding. You know, you're getting what you want. Uh, the 35 communists that live in Kingston. Yeah. But you can still have your cake and donut and pizza and pasta and chicken wings and everything else that the average cop consumes in a day and eat it too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really frustrating, right? To have these calls for defunding, to have the, the heightened critique of policing resources and how their money is spent and for them to turn around uh, within the last year, and say we're gonna start crowdfunding for this complete random, like it's literally a walking photo op. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and they, they mention it so many times how many people love taking pictures of the cop. But also, if they so really it, think this is, like, a very positive aspect of their force or, like, a good part of policing and they can't find it in their bajillion dollar budget to, like, fund positive interactions, like, okay, Yeah, awesome. probably the single only positive interaction that... Uh, at- no, at Christmas they take kids to the mall, Dean. You forgot. Oh, did their yeah, parents shop they with a cop? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's insane to me if they are promoting it as if it's, like you said, this valuable resource for the community and they can't pay for it, but they want the citizens of Kingston to pay for it. Um, but we already pay the their budget. <laughs> it's already yeah. our money. Just use the money yeah, yeah, we they, gave you. And we, they I'm want gonna... extra. <laughs> it, yeah, this, this, you know, pops every fucking blood vessel in my brain. Like, I, I can't even wrap my head around how incredibly immoral it is to kind of, if, which, you know, it's all PR bullshit, but if it is really as much of a resource as they say it is and a benefit to the city, you would think that would make room in their budget in order to keep it rather than, like, imagine if they did this with, like, a homelessness crisis hotline mm-hmm. where they were like, oh, it's really good, but we don't have room in the budget, so we're going to crowdfund for yeah. it <laughs> It's like that's insane. Like you think your budget is made to for these resources, um, if it is as valued as you say it is. What it seems like is that you're just you know that it's a bullshit job, but you want to promote it to other people so you don't have to pay for it anymore. And it and I'm just gonna end off by saying like it really shows the lengths that these people are willing to go to in order to keep up a facade of this is good for you, this completely, this thing that we've deemed completely unnecessary and don't have enough money for, but like, we know you like it. So if you pay for it, we'll keep it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's copaganda through and through. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Jesse? Uh, I was just going to say that the police need to spend their money on, uh, you know, taking out media hit pieces on the integrated care hub. So they, you know, they really can't spare a dollar for Horse Cop mm-hmm. and Murney. Because that's, yeah. that's their, their big master plan. Why don't we move on? to our next topic of the day. Uh, Megan, why don't you tell us a bit about what I assume is the high seas and swashbuckling and finding treasure. That's right. It's piracy. Arr. Yeah, oh. that's right. Oh, I my, love it when you do awesome. voices my on the pod. Childhood of being you do Jack Sparrow? With, no, of Pirates of the Caribbean has finally paid off. I can talk about pirates. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about our comedy uh, podcast show is when uh, one of our co just straight up refuses to tell jokes or do bits. What the heck? <laughs> I tell Kira jokes. Knightley. I don't like doing voices. I'm bad at them. Do Kira Knightley. Go away. Do it. Dance. She just has an accent. No. Then do, do the an accent. accent. Oh do my it. god, stop. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm being bullied. Boy, blind me, Jack Sparrow. See, it's easy. Oh, that was really wait, good. Wait, wait, wait. Megan, do a funny accent. No, I refuse. I'm not oh, playing in this space. Do a Goodbye. Jamaican Megan. accent, like no. the, the sea gonna... witch lady. Mm-hmm. This is another Megan, bingo gonna... card checkoff of all three of you trying to get me to do an accent, and I will never do one. <laughs> Megan, I'm going to... Uh, last episode. N- I'm going to name a country... A funny country, and you have to do a funny accent, okay? Um, yeah. I'm actually just going to move on to the thing I researched <laughs> instead. Poland. <laughs> Poland. Do funny Poland. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about Poland, so sorry. Um, okay, so instead of cool uh, water pirates today, we are sadly talking about internet pirates, um, which is much less fun. But anyway... Um, this is actually from the National Post. So Chance was reading the National Post, so we can all say, boo, Chance is canceled now. Um, oh, fuck off. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> Sound the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not an opinion piece, so it's a little better than normal. And anyway, it's about um, how the federal government has recently, this was published in April, launched a consultation document regarding online copyright and piracy. 
Um, so they originally did some research back in 2018 that says that about 26% of Canadians access pirated con- uh, content on the internet regularly. Um, the government is arguing that the proposals that they've outlined in this document, so this document is is not like a law or a bill or anything like that right now, it's just them exploring options, um, but it's intended for better remuner- remuneration I have not actually said that word out loud yet. Uh, Better remuneration for those that hold rights to content. So copyright holders. Um, They want to balance individual rights and freedoms on the internet with lawful access to copyright protected content. Um, The options that they're looking at right now include requiring internet service providers to block websites that offer pirated content or to block internet access for those that infringe. By those that infringe, it's a little unclear whether they mean the websites will lose access to be posted on the internet or like you as a person, if you access enough pirated content, could have your internet access removed. I highly doubt that is what it is, but also it is not specified at the moment and the article didn't specify, so a little iffy. The decisions would be made on who, what websites get to stay on and off the internet and what uh, sites have limited access, um, or sorry, have access limited to their site um, would be based on the decision of the internet service provider and not the government. So they're just basically putting more responsibility or they intend to put more responsibility on internet service providers. However, the organizations that fight for open media and like an open fair internet argue that especially in Canada internet service providers are the same people that hold a lot of the copyright yeah. claims because like if you think about it like Bell owns Crave who then owns the copyright for a lot of shows um like they they do a lot of production themselves so this is where it becomes a bit of an issue because they're very like vertical companies and in these decisions, if they are going to put more responsibility with intermediaries, which can be internet service providers or social media companies or a number of different um, holders, basically. Yeah. yeah, it's it's basically putting the onus on them to like find pirated content and then report it to themselves, like another department of their own company to take it down. So there's going to be with this proposal, there's no outside influence on if your content actually gets removed from the internet. Like it would be completely the company's decision. So like either Bell's decision or Instagram's decision. Yeah. No even government like intervention. No, involved. yeah. So yeah. there there is a court process, but they their aim is to use the court process as little as possible and just completely leave it up to the intermediaries to decide what gets taken down. Um, and the court process can actually go ahead without the offending party as part of the process at all so if they determine that like your website or your profile on something is hosting pirated content they can just like between the government and the intermediary decide that you have then broken the law and are hosting pirated content and like kick you off the internet without actually consulting you first and then you'd have to go through an appeals process what the hell wow that's that's fucking awesome yeah yeah i like hearing that (laughs) Um, so Laura Tribe, the, uh, executive director for the internet advocacy group, Open Media was a person that they interviewed for this. And she says that the, this is being pushed by broadcast interests and will lead to overreach. Um, she argues again that the internet service providers are some of the biggest copyright holders and they're not likely to be fair about which content they protect on the internet. Um, So uh, this is just a quote from the article. Uh, A website blocking proposal was put forward three years ago when a coalition of broadcasters and groups representing the production sector asked the CRTC to implement a regime that would block access to infringing content. The Fair Play Coalition included the media divisions of vertically integrated companies that are also ISPs and TV service providers, including Bell, Rogers, and Quebecor. Um, It's estimated that the cost of piracy to TV providers amounted to $500 million a year, lowering their contribution to productions of Canadian content by between $11 million and $25 million annually. Um, the application drew strong opposition from internet advocates and many Canadians, about 141,000 of whom signed a petition against the proposal, which the CRTC ultimately concluded wasn't in its jurisdiction. So they've literally already gone through this before and had a massive backlash from Canadians 
who all rallied against it, signed petitions against it. And it's basically these these companies like Bell and Rogers arguing like, well, you're not going to get as much good content because you're stealing all of it. And now we're not going to spend money on making it anymore. <laughs> now you're yeah. not going to get season two of Pretty Hard Cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel Damn now? It, no. <laughs> no, that's CBC. That's protected. I don't know. I actually have no idea yeah, how the CBC good. works. But. No, you won't get season seven of Flashpoint, which is the real tragedy. Mm, we need woke true. Flashpoint. <laughs> You won't get season 23 of Murdoch Mysteries. <laughs> uh, the the paper, the government paper has suggested more responsibility is put on the internet service providers to stop copyright infringement. They currently have protection from punishment as they just provide the tech and others do the pirating, like it, other people that use yeah. their system do the pirating. So of course. these changes would make it so that in order to keep having the protection they do right now where they can't be held responsible they need to step up and do more to stop piracy so the government's basically saying well like if you don't stop piracy bell like we're gonna start getting mad at you which like no they won't but okay and then the other part of this paper was that another suggestion that the government has is for intermedia for sorry for intermediaries like social media platforms so like youtube uh they may also require those intermediaries to pay internet service providers or to pay the copyright holders. So like if a user uploads something copywritten to YouTube, they would just do a blanket like YouTube has to pay X amount of dollars in royalty fees to the copyright holders per year because we know that like copywritten material is going to be uploaded to YouTube so they could just pay it out. Um, and there's n nothing specifying if then YouTube would tax you for uploading that content. But like if they are having to pay out of their pocket to the copyright holders, it's very likely that then they would charge you for uploading copywritten material to their website. I don't know what the process would be for like how they find who's doing that. But I imagine that if that's the case, social media sites will push back heavily against the fact that they would then have to pay for all the copywritten material that's on their sites. But so yeah, they, they already have things in place for that, right? Like if, uh, if someone uploads something on YouTube and uses copywritten music, that there's already a process in place that makes it so the copyright holders get paid yeah, for they any just of the ad revenues all, on that. Yeah, all of the ad revenue, and you, you're you unable to monetize it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing I want to remind the listeners at home, and even you guys, is like copyright holders are not the people who wrote the music. Exactly. Hardly ever are they actually even getting royalties from um, any of the copyright uh, holders. Most of the time, it's it's massive labels it's like, Sony. like Warner Brothers <laughs> yeah. and Sony, and and the music doesn't go to the individual artist or the money doesn't go to the individual artist. Um, usually, the money that artists receive are like it's if it's royalties, it's a fraction of a percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the only man on earth who owns his own music is Garth Brooks, and that's why you can't find it anywhere because <laughs> his lawyers are too good. Um, in this article as well, they talk about a case that the federal government are, is already in place. So the federal government directed um, internet service providers to block a website called Gold TV. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but um, it was hosting pirated content. And then you had to like create an account and sign in to use it, which is a pretty common form of mm -hmm. piracy website. Um, but the so the government blocked them from hosting it like it just got taken off the internet and the article was saying oh we actually don't know what the outcome of it this is because the company gold tv has already started to appeal it so i checked up on it and the appeal failed and the decision was upheld so it is just taken off the internet now so they already without this law in place like the things that they're suggesting doing in in this article they already are doing to a certain extent and there's already a lot of laws that govern things like this but they're just trying to make it even more harsh crackdown on piracy, which is sad because obviously, as they said, 26% of Canadians use it already. And I think that's probably a low ball number, to be honest. And everyone gets really mad every time they try to do it. But Bell would really like well, you, it if they did it. So you got to think too, like with 26% of our users pirating, like internet users or, or media yeah. consumers We're going to put 26% of our population in prison. <laughs> well, no, not that. We're still a huge market. So it makes you realize that pirating actually doesn't 
um, necessarily affect the income of these people. Yeah, mm. I, I, um, I would like to see, like, everyone uh, always throws around stats of, like, how many people have pirated something. But I want to see proportions of, like, how many of those people still have, like, a Crave subscription yeah, and exactly. a Netflix subscription. It's, like, it's not like they're not yeah. paying. It's just, like, like, nine times out of ten. And, like, uh, the reason why piracy is a a good thing and b very important and something that i'm not legally allowed to encourage you to do uh is that um it helps preserve a lot of media that would fall through the cracks that like you know oh like such and such movie or tv show uh wasn't part of some multi-million dollar deal to be signed on to netflix so no mm-hmm. one gets to watch it anymore exactly. it's for like it's for like cultural preservation uh, and like I what need to preserve up? the big green edit, uh, the big green uh, what's it called dub uh, of Dragon Ball Z, uh, and if that is lost, uh, like so many things, like tears and rain, uh, you know, don't come to school tomorrow. Yeah, or the episodes well, of, of Thirty Rock with blackface, which aren't on Peacock. You have yeah, to, <laughs> you have to go to <laughs> straight to the source to get the good stuff. <laughs> one of the one of the things that. Um, people find shocking is like, first of all, the people that write up these bills are not the people that pirate, right? Of course, because they're the people that literally own all of the media that they have to worry about. Um, and they also only they watch to, reality TV. <laughs> sure. If they were to talk to somebody who even pirating as a hobby, not necessarily as something they do all the time, but just something they do in certain circumstances, if they were to ask them, how much of the pirated media have they paid for after the fact or even prior to it's a surprising amount. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I I have this on DVD, but you don't make anything that has a disc drive anymore. So I can't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something I already own or, or it's, it's almost like since rentals are just not a thing anymore, but I don't know about you guys, but I know me and Jesse grew up in a generation where going to Blockbuster was a huge... Okay, we're all familiar with... Blo- like, again, you're one year older than me. <laughs> Jumbo video? That was, the, that was the spot. Yeah. I remember getting diarrhea yeah, yeah. from their popcorn. I don't... Uh, sorry, I can't hear your guys' voice. You're, you're, you're too young. <laughs> it's at like a pitch you can't pitch hear. <laughs> yeah. My old man ears. But like... You know, growing up in a generation where you would go to Blockbuster um, and rent a movie, and if you really liked that movie, there's like a 90% chance you're going to pay for it, it to keep it mm-hmm. at some point. Not from Blockbuster, but you know what I well, mean. Well, I would just never go to like, that Blockbuster again. It's, al- <laughs> it's almost like trial DVD. runs. <laughs> and usually that's what happens with pirating. The other end of pirating is usually when something is completely unavailable. Exactly. Like you guys were saying. I, I do have one fun example of a, of a small W, if you guys want to hear it. It's also very funny. Yeah. Give me a little so, dub. Um, this is from the website Canadian Lawyer. It's about Cody boxes, um, and it's in Albertan law. So I don't know if you guys know what Cody boxes are, but they're a box that you put on top of your TV. It's, it's um, to explain it to people, it's like having VLC, except you can get third-party programs and plugins that make it so you can search up, like, media and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, with a bunch of add-ons, you can, like, search for content right from your TV and then play it, like, regardless of what kind of media it is on your TV. So they're pretty cool. But the company that owns Super Channel, I don't know if you guys used to watch Super Channel or had it on your TV, but they're headquartered in Edmonton. They're called Alarco. Uh, was attempting to get the courts to stop Staples, Best Buy, London Drugs, and Canada Computers from selling Cody TV set-top boxes as they were being used for pirated content and causing a loss of subscribers for Super Channel. Alarco was seeking 50 Please, million... Please, no, 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 you're posting cringe. I'm going to lose subscriber. <laughs> Uh, Alarco was seeking $50 million in damages from these companies. Um, It was rejected by the courts because they decided that the retailers do not have responsibility for what consumers do with the products after they've purchased them. Um, So Alarco didn't actually ask or collaborate with any of the copyright holders in this case. They are just mad because people stopped subscribing to Super Channel, but they don't own those movies or anything like that. Um, which is partially why the case failed and because um, software is considered neutral, so the retailers are not at fault for selling it. 
Um, Alarco was also arguing that they lost a number of subscribers rapidly, so they looked into reasons and were trying to argue that employees at these retailers were instructing customers on how to pirate content with the boxes. Um, so they sent employees into yeah, the stores. I'm sure the 45-year-old woman who works at the Shoppers Drug Mart is teaching people how to do that. <laughs> well, is it like Best Buy? So they kind of know. But they sent employees uh, in to pose as customers and ask leading questions to try and get them to like explain how piracy works to them. <laughs> Um, and then they they tried the, to sting the geek squad. Yeah, they they sent the transcripts in, and the judge was like, "This does not prove any of what you're talking about. There's no case of them describing how to like do piracy." And even if there was, like, the company's not responsible. They tell their employees that they're not allowed to teach people how to like be pirates. It's like, so it was That's all, not part of the pirates' code. It was also just uh, very funny. The the CEO of Alarco said, in light of super channels and other investigations. And in the last two years, it is now apparent that the last six or seven years have seen a massive growth in content piracy fueled by the promotion and increasingly widespread availability of pirating technologies and the promotion and normalization of a culture of stealing copyright content in Canada. So we're all we're all scary pirates. And they're insane. And the judge ended up finding that the employees did not promote illegal content in the transcripts and that Alarco did not even prove that their loss of subscribers was due to these boxes at all or that the company selling the boxes influenced customers to use them for piracy in any way. So it just seems like the dumbest thing to bring to court ever, just a company that's doing badly and randomly got a judge to say, please, can you yell at Staples for me and make them give me $50 million because I'm sad? And the judge was like, you have literally zero case here. It sounds like a a chronic case of lawyer brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like Super Channel, maybe your movies are just crappy. (laughs) Sorry. Offer something better. Yeah. Who knows? Isn't that, isn't that market capitalism at its finest? It's like, yeah, that, that is just be better. And that's the classic bit is any large company, as soon as they start to lose at their own game, you know, cries foul. That's my, my dive on piracy today. Uh, yo ho woohoo thank you meg so we'll okay. see what the government does companies have till march 31st to um input anything on this proposal that they've laid out uh and then after march 31st we'll we'll see what's happening 2022 no this year or sorry not march um <laughs> may it was yesterday was the last okay, day to, say. to say something yeah you know what i think i think we've hit our limit for today we're we're creeping up on that hour mark uh, does anybody have any closing thoughts before we take it home? Yeah, I do. So we we talked about um, we talked about leather daddies. We talked about pirates. We talked about cowboys. Now, how about some secret service stuff? Some some 007 super spy stuff. So this is uh, from my own personal M. Uh, of course, uh, that being Renata Ford's Facebook page. So. Last year, uh, on March 22nd, the anniversary of uh, her late husband uh, is his death, uh, Rob's death. She posts, oh, like four years ago today, my husband and father of my children died from cancer. Uh, Sad emoji. Or that, wait, that's a, hang on. It looks like a gem, a Pisces emoji. Um, Not, (laughs) not quite sure uh, that. That's cool. Yeah, there's some pagan stuff going on there, folks. Watch out for that. But anyway, she's like, oh, I miss him so much. Um, A few days ago, we have a a new message. uh, Some more intrigue from Renata. Happy birthday, honey. They took you out to bring in communism. You know it, and so do (laughs) I. What? Elitist John Tory, your time is coming. So... Uh, Someone zapped him with the cancer gun. To <laughs> that's start right. Communism. John Tory shot Rob Ford with the cancer gun. In doing so, instating communism throughout Ontario and Toronto. Dude, uh, this is a queen. I know this is insane. Uh, Renata, thank you for bringing this to uh, my attention, as well as the dozens and dozens of armed to the teeth goons uh, who no doubt have read this uh, and understand what you mean when you say that Tory's time is coming. Uh, all of our listeners, too, also understand what they have to do. She ran for the PPC, so it looks like she's shoring up her uh, next run for the PPC or for Chris Kai's party that he eventually starts. Yeah. Either way, she's going to be in power and hopefully be the premier soon and finish the job that Rob never got a chance to do. Did she forget 
that her brother-in-law is like yeah the, the premier, premier. <laughs> well he's doing communism too that's maybe? not enough they need they need a, a ford in every single elected office possible <laughs> yeah. every school trustee it's gonna be crazy guys watch out that's, that's right. insane i hate this shit <laughs> but anyway this is our actual last episode for a little bit so Thank you for hanging out. Yeah, thanks, out. folks, for hanging out and talking to us. Thank you for queering heterosexuality with us. Uh, that is the tagline of the show. This is that. This is uh, the show's uh, stated purpose, de facto reason for existing. I'm sure everyone agrees. No. Yes. Oh, well, okay. It's well. 50-50. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll take that. Wait, yes, and. <laughs> that's quick. the right answer. Uh, Do an accent. Do no an impression do of an accent. Do an accent. No, alrighty. Thanks for listening. Do a gay accent. Uh, these the Chance do and Jesse. We'll see you next week. Right? Do gay Mao Zedong. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Bye everybody.